everybody. Welcome to Spill the Novelty, where three girlies shout into the void about our latest book, hot takes, and obsessions. I'm Abby. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kaylee. And this week we're spilling the tea about the newly popular book, God Killer, by Hannah Kainer. Uh, full disclaimer, we did not really like this book, um, but if you liked it, that's totally cool. It just wasn't for us. Uh, so we're not trying to hate on it. Like what you like, but just know that going in. Proceed with caution. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So we can just jump right in. Um, so in the prologue, we get Kissin's backstory. She was almost sacrificed to the god Haseth, but her father ends up sacrificing himself to the god Ocitison to try to save her. But Kissin doesn't really want to be saved, and her dad still dies anyway. And then at the end of the prologue, we get a newspaper graphic calling for god killers. So this was one of the most intense prologues that I've read personally. I was on the edge of my couch reading it. Um, I also felt like it was a creative way of showing us how people were sacrificing other people to Haseth. And um, also like kind of giving Kissin a reason to hate the gods, which is obviously important because she ends up becoming a god killer. But that being said, I do feel like the book went downhill after the prologue. Um, <laughs> But we could talk about that later. <laughs> a strong start. A strong um, start. Yeah, I agree. A strong start. Yeah, I, I agree. I was impressed with the prologue. Um, and it really made me excited for the book. I will say, um, uh, um, foreshadowing for what was to come, I definitely got confused in parts of the prologue. But I just kind of wrote that off as like, all right, that's fine. You know, a lot of information. We're jumping right mm-hmm. in. Um, but um, so I had to reread some parts a couple times. But yeah, overall prologue, it was pretty emotional, kind of graphic, uh, which was surprising. We're not normally thrown into stuff like that right off the bat. So um, yeah, good good start for sure. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a good prologue. Um, I did like, just for nitpicky things, I wish it would have just started with her being taken to the pyre instead of with the like five paragraphs of like, here are the names of all my siblings and what the names mean and and here's like this god and this backstory and then there's this other god like I feel like if you're gonna start us in the middle of that action then just do it that way and give us the little pieces of information as it goes because um you know as a reader I'm like okay I'm getting presented with a lot of names a lot of information I gotta remember all this and it really turns out like the names of her siblings don't matter at all you know like yeah, the god right. names matter but you get them through the rest of the book so it's like we didn't have to take up that like super valuable real estate of the first five paragraphs doing all of that and kind of like confusing readers or like presenting them with all that information um but once we actually got into the action and you know she has to break break away and then she has to choose like which of her family to like save you know that that stuff is all yeah. good stuff so it was good action um once we got into it it was good Mm -hmm. yeah definitely the fire and everything was pretty pretty powerful stuff um it was intense yeah yeah it was intense yeah did y'all notice by the way like when she's breaking out of her um the ropes or whatever it says like she uses her sharp teeth to da 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 and i was like does she have pointy teeth (laughs) yeah like that's a great point i, I, forgot I about thought that. it was because she was so young that like uh like a kid like when you're when you're <laughs> i don't know when you're young aren't your teeth a little pointier i don't know i don't know maybe are not maybe. i don't think so I don't know. okay but puppy teeth are really sharp so like maybe are are humans the same way i'm not around enough children to know but i i thought i was envisioning her as like full pointy teeth like because it's presented that she's like the daughter of 
this like sea god essentially so i was like this is oh what okay we do for she's like too a much vampire stuff true <laughs> i'm like please tell me she's a vampire he's <laughs> the god we've already jumped right in oh, man that's funny that's hilarious well after the prologue um we continue to follow her character too um and this is the first of uh a handful i guess it's only three right four povs we get um only so four. we start only four just four <laughs> just four povs um but so we start with we continue to follow her character um and we get some of her backstory we know that she grew up on the streets and essentially um auctioned off to work later on um she had this pretty hard upbringing to keep it short and sweet um but then she becomes a god killer who is paid to kill gods upon requests um so nobles hire her other people hire her and that's that's what she does um I'll say that initially, kind of like right out the gate, I was really excited about her character. I really wanted to like her a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, For anyone who's read Gideon the Ninth or heard of that book, um, I had some of the same vibes. This kind of like badass, queer, funny bounty hunter with a soft spot and kind of like a softer side. So I thought that that's what we were getting. And I was definitely excited for that, for sure. Um, But unfortunately, I don't really think that love uh, for her kind of maintained throughout the book. I didn't feel that there was enough character growth and development um i was excited for her but she didn't really deliver for me i didn't i don't know that's how i felt but yeah i feel the same way i think she was set up for success but she wasn't (laughs) developed beyond you know the little description on the package it was just kind of like here she is she's a bounty hunter she's a badass but she kind of has a soft spot for this little girl because she was a little girl once and like there you go. That's kissing. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, and I also don't really understand why, like, so she's a god killer. This is her full-time occupation. She actively resents gods. Like, this girl has no love lost for god. She, she constantly talks about how greedy they are. They're no good, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the next characters, which we'll get to, she immediately acts out of character for that premise um when she encounters them so it's like right off the bat she's not acting the way that we're kind of like presented with the way that she should act so it's just very inconsistent and it doesn't make a ton of sense and I think that's why even though she had such a strong start she ends up feeling pretty like foundationless because she just kind of is like passive almost to the story yes that's a good point For me, there were just a lot of missing pieces. Like, we hear that she's a god killer, but we don't really know how she became a god killer. There was no, like, training. We don't even know if Mm -hmm. she's a really good god killer. We assume that she is based on what other people say. But, like, how did she become a good god killer? Um, Like, she's 26. There had to have been – there's a big gap there from when she was, like, growing up on the streets and then sold to Marmy or Mamie or whatever. Mm -hmm but we don't learn how she became the god killer and so i i don't know for me there were just a lot of missing pieces a lot of missing backstory mm-hmm. i agree that she had potential but that's that's all there was for me was potential like i did not yeah. i just didn't care about her any of there was no unique dialogue like she didn't really have a personality outside of like her character archetype or whatever mm-hmm. so i just yeah she yeah. missed we get like literally to your point Kaylee the tiniest sliver of like training because she says she was traveling mm-hmm. with like this old man Pato or Pato yeah. who was a god killer but I, 
for me it falls apart because i don't really understand the context but behind like why there are god killers before Aaron Aaron takes over as king and he decides like all gods need to go right um yeah you have this like old man that she says like taught her the ways but like how did he know the ways if they weren't killing gods for 70 years I mean maybe they were but I don't know it just there wasn't enough context it just was given like it felt very much like hey Hannah how did she become a god killer oh I'll say she got trained by this old guy cool checkbox you know like there's yeah. nothing more than where it's that. like how did she meet him right like, what are the memories what, like where, what was what the training like right yeah. exactly like there was just none of yeah. that well and i love a um like a badass character like a bounty hunter with like a soft spot like i like that kind mm-hmm. of trope and that idea um and i think we've talked about too like really enjoying like the found family trope and i think that that's what you're trying to get here right with like her and anara who i know we'll talk about in a minute but um I think too for 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 her to like give up so many of her values though as a bounty hunter for her to be even if she's like making fun at poking fun at Skitty like she kind of ends up trusting him a lot more than I think she should so yeah. we'll get more into that but it just it doesn't feel like she sticks to some of those like values too that you would think she would again like you said Maddie like she's a god killer like she hates them like deeply hates them and i think that she gives a lot of that up throughout the book in the name of like being sweet to anara so Which i don't know sense, i just didn't yeah. feel like she stuck to her stuck to her kind of character as much as i would like to but mm-hmm. right yeah and so speaking of anara this is this little girl she's 12 years old and um <clears throat> anara has uh, acquired a little god <laughs> named Skeddy, okay? And she just woke up one morning and he was like in the bed with her and they kind of have this weird connection where they can't go like physically too far from each other or they hurt. Um, and because gods are basically like banned throughout the kingdom, Inara doesn't really have an outlet to find out information about gods. So naturally, her instinct is to go find a god killer Right, um, as one. That's what you should do. Completely tracks. Uh, and so she goes to find Kissin while Kissin is there after killing a god. Um, and she's like, hey, look at this little rat that I have. It's a god. And uh, Kissin is like, yo, that's a god for real, for real. Um, and so <laughs> then they start traveling together for some reason. Um and Skeddy seems harmless at first, but then he's he's the god of little white lies, um, which seems cute. But then eventually <laughs> it gets twisted into much more uh, dark potentials for sure. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, too, so um, a couple of things. One, I just thought about the fact that she she does she wakes up and he's there yeah like when they first get down i would have panicked like what the hell i'm sorry you mean to tell me this little thing this little like rat looking thing is in my bed unless it's really cute well it has antlers i pictured him like a mini deer because he has antlers yeah i still would have probably panicked but she was like also she was seven at the time so i can at least be like okay when i was seven i was probably more likely to like 
my best friend, just, you know, like an imaginary friend. friend. But I right. definitely also would have immediately gone to my mom and been like, there's a rat in my yeah. bed, you know, like, <laughs> look at this That's guy. You mean to tell me she wasn't going to tell her mom? I she kept asked. it a secret for all, like, all five of those years or whatever. Literally. Like, not even for my safety, but because I run my mouth, I would have been like, I, I, mom, I have to tell you. How do like, you not slip up like, oh, me and Skeddy the other day went blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Who's Skeddy? Yeah, when you're a literal child, like how how do you, you not tell one of your friends or like I don't know, like a teacher or something? You like, just pull you, the imaginary friend card. You yeah. pull the like imaginary friend, like oh, that's just uh, it's just my little imaginary friend. But like yeah. that's not gonna keep working when you're no longer seven years old. So no, and I think do you guys want to like... know something? Go ahead, Kaylee. <laughs> something that killed me. Yes, I do. Was when they were at the bar, and Skeddy just pops out. And it's like nobody sees him in front of God and everybody. Literally. Well, he tells nobody he, sees him. He says the thing though, doesn't he? I no, I agree. But you doesn't do he say me. the thing you where he's like, me. "You do not see me." Yeah, you don't see me. You don't see me. So I guess he's able it's to so like oh, manipulate. True. I think that that's why he does. He pulls his little like, "You don't see me." Yeah, little sense. Two. So like <laughs> because Inara and Skeddy are connected, Inara can see basically like people's auras like their emotions spiking Mm -hmm. um and so she can kind of like read people's intentions in a way because she can see kind of like when they're lying or when they're what they're feeling when they're saying what they're saying um except sometimes they say that she can't so like her mom Mm -hmm. emotions are hidden and kissin's emotions are hidden until they aren't because in both times they're like "Ooh, we can't read the emotions of this ex person and then like one paragraph later it's like her emotions spiked and it's orange and i'm like what are you saying you can't read it it's just that like the surface level is they're vibing like and i thought too i thought at one at one point because i noticed the same thing and i was like so can they or can't they or can she or can't she see this but i at one point i was like okay maybe this is when we realized that Skeddy's starting getting into her mind a lot and is trying to control her, I was like, oh, maybe this is manipulation. Like, he doesn't want her to see Kissin's emotions Ooh, yeah. and stuff. But I don't think that's what actually happened. Because I was like, oh, maybe he was controlling her um, ability to see her mom's emotions for some reason because Skeddy knows something she doesn't. Or Skeddy's controlling her ability to see um, Kissin's emotions because he doesn't want her to, like, begin to trust her because he doesn't trust her and she's actually really sweet and trustworthy. Um, or allegedly, whatever. But uh, I don't think that that's actually what was happening. No. I think it was just inconsistency. I wish I that wish that cool. was what was happening. But yeah. Kissin yeah. even says, like, she blocks Skeddy out or whatever. Like, she has, like, the mental barriers up. Um, yeah. So, unfortunately, I think it's just a worse version of of that. But too, like with her mom, so I don't know if you guys caught on to this or if I'm just, you know, doing my normal conspiracy theory thing, but <laughs> um, there's one point in the book where they talk about how her mom um, learned, like, pirate language, which is yes. sign, what they call yeah. a hand speak right. for, for the mm-hmm. pirates, and she was like, kind of implied that she was, like, traveling with pirates, and then... The thing with Skeddy is he doesn't remember, like, where he came from or whatever. He woke up basically with amnesia. And so he's like, damn, I guess this 12-year-old is all I got. Um, And so uh, later on in the story, he starts to kind of, like, get shown some memories of him, like, flying above a ship. 
Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not like a water god. Like, who would be on a ship that needs little white lies? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like pirates, first of all. Oh. <laughs> pirates would. True. Um, and it's also kind of implied that another god connected him to Inara. Yes. Um in for some reason and there's kind of like another god that's implied to be present like in this memory that he's kind of seeing um that tells him like to fly away and and run or whatever and so i Mm -hmm. think whatever god um inara's mom worshipped or had a relationship with they were in cahoots with skeddy and so i think inara's mom knew about skeddy the whole time um yeah and was just like yeah i need my daughter to have like a protector or something like that um anyways I don't that's know. interesting no i think i think that's a good point because i had drawn the connection of um thinking that it was the mother's god or something like that mm-hmm. that had sent sketty i hadn't thought it hadn't made the pirate connection and the little white lies which is mm-hmm. yeah that's smart i i think that's probably that right because there's a second book too right there is i think they're gonna be like five yeah oh damn okay yeah, I bet I bet that that's right, Maddie. Another another dub, another Maddie conspiracy dub. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. just just tack um, it on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more dubs. One thing that I didn't, I hated actually, was how Skeddy. He's like when he's like possessing Inara, everyone's like super pissed about it at first, including Kissin. But then they just get over it. Like there's yeah, they get over it. Even Kissin gets over it. Who hates gods? And it's like dude what yeah that doesn't make any sense so like for context for anyone who hasn't read the book this little dude realizes that he can start taking over inara like physically and like verbally talk through her and he kind he he justifies it to himself as like doing it for her good that he's making the better choice that she can't make but then he also does it to elo who we'll talk about in a second but is someone else that is traveling with them and so he convinces them basically to work against kissin because he doesn't like kissin because kissin is a god killer and he is a god um to do the math (laughs) Um, and and yeah so he like it results in elo and kissin getting in this real fight where like one of them could definitely die and Mm -hmm then Inara breaks she severs the connection in whatever for whatever reason um and then he's just like oopsie sorry I got a little out of hand and they're like it's okay and Kissin's like I actually knew the whole time that it was you but carry on yeah that part was so weird and so so not fleshed out like no it was so weird and my problem with that too so when Kissin yeah and says that she like figured that it was sketty or whatever um she so like when um she's first meeting Skeddy and everything you can very quickly see she doesn't like him mm-hmm. again she's a god killer she's distrustful she thinks he probably should be killed but like once she learns that he has taken over Inara for that period of time and she suspects that he had been doing it like ma'am the king or the god of little white lies has just taken her like possessed her basically like how are you not going to be more angry like you should be infuriated like yeah i expect her to kill him instantly about anara like like she does yeah and then it's like it's like same day she lets anara go off into the woods alone with skeddy and even elo is like are you sure that's why like like, are we yeah 
So, yeah. yeah, I agree with you earlier when you were saying her character is just not consistent, like mm. the choices she makes, like yeah. even just letting Anar go out and go into the woods by herself, period, that knowing that there are demons like around following them, yeah. things like that. It's just so out of character. Like, it's very weird. It's very weird. And it's very unclear. And in a way that like, so later on in the book, too, we, we meet another god that Kissin is like, She's pretty friendly with this god in particular, but it's presented in a way that makes sense because this god is pretty much nonviolent and like is very, very powerful and like helps Kissin mm-hmm. out in many ways. And um, it's also implied that like Kissin's mentor had a similar relationship with this god because he had a boon from this god. And so like in that sense, okay, she can have a relationship with a god and it not be out of character because she's she's using that as a lever to right. do her other work um, in a way that her relationship with Skeddy just does not make sense at all. She has no past buildup with this creature. It doesn't, it doesn't track at all. No. No. Yeah. 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 I with it. I wanted to. Wanted to, but... So along with uh Skeddy and uh uh Inara. Inara. No, Skeddy and Inara, yes, sorry. <laughs> uh, we also have sorry, I'm losing track of all the names. Uh we also have um Elo. So um he is um a baker and was previously an important um knight for the king and he is still friends with the king. Um should have been friends. elders anyway friends, friends. yeah <laughs> history house. will say we're roommates yeah <laughs> they were yeah, roommates. whatever i was like this is come on uh anyway uh so he's on the journey to blend raiden to find the cure for um a curse put on the king that is going to kill him so mm-hmm. he's also along the ride yeah, yeah. i I don't know. I found myself liking Elo a little bit, mostly because Maddie texted us and compared him to PETA. And <laughs> who doesn't love PETA, you know? So once I heard that comparison, I just couldn't, I couldn't unhear it. I was like, all right, this man is PETA. He's so PETA. I was like, okay, I, I like him. He's fine. He's yeah. fine. I mean, I, the way that Elo is written, I don't know how you could not like him. There's, yeah. He's not fleshed out enough to be unlikable. He's your right. out of the box, you know, extremely loyal to a fault knight, you know, guided by honor and like, okay, he sings and he bakes. Okay, <laughs> nice. You know, like yeah, it's a little bit of humor, like a little like when he sings that song and yeah, the, um, they call it a naughty song, the yeah. naughty song in the tavern. You're like, oh, Elo, going kind of wild here. Whoa, okay, this, 30, this thirty year old man is being a little raunchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I think with Elo, I really wanted him to. Uh, explore his feelings for Aaron because I I I'm think true. Elo's in love with Aaron. I think Elo may not know that, but the man has, he's he's down bad. Okay, and, for sure. You know, it, uh, I don't know. And, he, and he's got this whole curse thing that he's gonna go. I also thought it was weird. So in the beginning, they're like, you know, it's presented that they're besties, and he works with Aaron for like two decades as like his right hand man. Until Aaron mm-hmm. becomes king and decides that gods are lame. And then Elo's like, I kind of am down with the gods, so I'm going to have to peace out. And then th- years and years later, after Elo is a baker, 
Aaron just shows up and he's like, I'm dying. And Elo's like, got it back on the service squad. And Aaron is like, let me come with you. And Elo's like, no. And Aaron's like, all right, bet. And I was like, that's kind of weird. That seems a little weird. It seems like Aaron should be going along with us. I don't know. Yeah. Or it was just a weird, it was a weird interaction. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, Aaron, yeah. I'm mad at myself for not seeing the whole Aaron betrayal thing coming. Cause yeah. like, if I, if I would have read that a second time, I would have been like, okay, that was weird. Like, he just shows up out of nowhere and yeah. then is like, oh no, I'm, I'm sick. And then, I was surprised <laughs> by that. Yeah. That one definitely got me. Oh, <laughs> I was surprised too. But because we mean don't get girl enough- style, I'm sick yeah we don't we just don't get enough of like Aaron to even know anything about him to consider that he could be you know betraying them um I I really think a lot of these problems could have been solved by us getting memories or little tidbits as we go through these four POVs um all this backstory we have access to they just don't ever think about it and so Aaron, the betrayal did surprise me, but I also didn't really care because I didn't have any feelings for Aaron. You know what I mean? Because even right. when they think about it, like they'll they'll think on memories, but I feel like they recycle through the same ones mm-hmm. over and over again. So it's like the exact moment when like they're on the battlefield, which I do get that with Elo, it, it's pretty clear throughout the book that he like struggles a lot with like anxiety and like mm-hmm. PTSD essentially from um that from the big battle and whatnot but mm-hmm. um we don't really get I don't think like much memories beyond that to no. really build up their yeah you're telling me that like we can repeat I am the god of white lies 55 times throughout the book but you couldn't yep. give us a single memory outside of Elo's like that just doesn't does not add up it's true I will say I will say one positive thing with Elo. I really liked that in his chapter, he's like talking about how like nice baking is, which I didn't read any of that to be clear. I thought it was boring. But then you get to <laughs> you get to the point he's it's like gods he was bored. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I really liked yeah. that initial angle that she was taking with his character where it's like he's doing the safe thing, he's doing this thing mm-hmm. he enjoys. Da da da. But he misses the fast pace, bop, bop, bop of being a soldier. Yeah. And I wish she would have taken it more in that direction. Yes. Um, because I think that's a really interesting angle for a character where they're like, he knows he should be happy where he is, but maybe that's actually why he takes the mission. You know, maybe we could yes. move away from this like weird tacky loyalty thing. And it's like, he's like, damn, I would love to go fight a god. I'm so bored making flatbreads. Right. You know? That's- and that's what I had kind of noted when I was going through it is like, I, I think I would like him a lot more if he was doing things more out of passion rather than honor. And that's mm-hmm. why like, I had assumed that he and Aaron like were definitely a thing, or at least even if it's unrequited, like it's one sided, even though, again, it didn't seem unrequited. It seemed like they were both into it. And it was a thing. <laughs> Pretty <into> but it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh like if he was doing this out of like this like deep love for Aaron and like he wanted to be back out there like he had to fight for him something I don't know just like instead of just like oh I sh- I'm gonna do it because I should like yeah also don't do something you shouldn't do okay leave were- the bakery because you want to fight yeah. yeah you want to fight you want you want blood to be like it's, <laughs> yeah I'm into that and also there were so many moments that were supposed to be very like emotionally heavy hitting for his character 
that mm-hmm. because there wasn't the appropriate buildup, they just didn't land. Like when he meets um, Benjin, I, I think is his name. The, yeah. The like soldier in the in yeah. Glen Raiden that he trained yeah. personally. Um, and Benjin immediately chooses violence and is like, you abandoned me, you traitor, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're trash. And then Elo's <laughs> like, oh, that makes me feel sad. But, like, that's it? I don't know. I don't, it just didn't... I know I was supposed to feel something, but I just didn't. I was, like, knock him yeah. out and move on, you know? Yeah. One one other thing that I hated about Elo... Sorry, this is just turning into a, a rage read <laughs> at this point. But one thing that I hated about Elo was how he would be like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. Like, that's a secret. And then, like, literally a page later, he would be like... Mm-hmm okay, I'm a knight for, I was a knight for the king. And then another time he's like, he's like, okay, I can't tell you why I'm here in Blen Raiden. It's a secret. And then he was like, okay, it's because the king is like really sick and I need to help him. Relatable king. I can't, I'd be like, actually, wait. Can I tell you? (laughs) Can I tell you? If I tell you, I tell you can't tell anyone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just between me. Okay. And and also something about Elo that's weird. So, they find out on the okay, so they're on a journey. They're on a pilgrimage, basically, with mm-hmm. other pilgrims that are like going to see gods for for different boons. Um, and so they're on the DL, and they keep getting attacked by demons out of the shadows. And and the demons are being sent by a god to get somebody, but they don't know who it is. Uh oh, who is it? Haha. <laughs> and then it is revealed. In, like, the most anticlimactic way that Elo is the one that has the curse put on him, that the demons are chasing Elo, it's literally, like, Kissin notices this gigantic, well, I pictured it as gigantic god mark on his back when they're bathing, and she's like, yo, dude, what is this? And he's like, oh, my shoulder has been hurting, I just thought it was my wound, like, and I just, and then he's like, who could have done this? And they're like, oh, he's like, oh, my shoulder did get touched by so-and-so once. And they're like, he's not a god. He couldn't have done it. And he's like, that must have been him. And I, I just And we're just supposed not. to accept that. Like, Yeah, it's never fully explained. They say so many times, why are the characters arguing with each other if we're not going to get a reason? So many times he's like, it was yeah. this person. And Kissin is like, a god had to be there to do that to you. And he's like, so true, bestie. And then they move on. They just move on. Yeah. I just. Yeah, I, I also, okay. Why, <laughs> like, the other thing too. Um, so is it Caravan? Is that how you say it? I think. I think, so. I think it's supposed to be a play yeah. on Caravan, which is like. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Caravan um, is the one who supposedly puts this curse on him, right? Um, by putting his hand on his shoulder in like the bar or whatever. And my thing too is like, because he didn't, he didn't trust um, Elo because Elo's a knight, and yeah. um, he suspects that he's there to beef with the remaining gods. I'm assuming, right? So mm-hmm. like, um, my thing is though, like this is worthy of a curse. Like we're in a bar, we could have. <laughs> Fought this one out, right? Like, get your get your gang to, or just not so right. on the pilgrimage. Like, why do we gotta what sentence happened? the other pilgrims to death? Yeah, true. Or both. Well, well, that's how that's how I interpreted it as they were a sacrifice to the god. That's oh. why I interpreted that part. Okay. I guess that's, that makes sense. 
I that does know. make sense. I was like, what happened to a good old fashioned fight? There Let's is just, like, you're so right. There's like a line um, that I think it's in an ELO POV, and it says like, uh, it says like, oh, I get now that the god and caravan were putting this curse on me so that I couldn't make it to complete my mission to help Aaron like ascend. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was supposed to be like a real answer or if that was just like Elo being like, damn, that would have been nice because I oopsie daisied myself into like the situation <laughs> that I didn't consent to. I don't know. I, it, it just didn't make a whole lot of like we didn't get no. a real answer to it. No. Yeah. No. Big yikes. It's a big. Yeah. Yikes. It was just a way for them to have more conflict. And I don't know. I don't respect that. But eventually, oh when we make it to Blen Raiden, despite all of the turmoil, uh, Kissin takes us to like her favorite goddess, I guess, named Anne. On, I do Anne? not know. Anne, I think it's Anne. I'm pretty sure that's how they say it in the audiobook. And I was like, really? Just Anne? No, just Anne. Seriously? Uh, Anne is a water goddess, and she's pretty chill. Um, she doesn't seem like very violent. She like likes to heal people and you know take stuff that's valuable to them like a normal god. But she's like, I don't sully my hands with the blood of humans, kind of a thing. So I guess that's why Kissin likes her. Um, <clears throat> but she goes to Anne and uh, she's like, these fools need your help. I'm just here vibing. And Anne is like, that's offensive for some reason. She's like, you think yeah. I can't help you? What? <laughs> yeah. That was <laughs> and, weird. <laughs> yeah. And then we have like a series of scenes where they're all kind of like making their deals with Anne to get the information they need. And they actually leave Elo alone to like make his deal in private, except Skeddy eavesdrops in. And the way that I read it, it sounds sounded to me like uh Kissin asked him to go eavesdrop on Elo. Okay, yeah. that's how you got. Yeah, I that's how I that yeah. despicable. <laughs> I did too. I was so pissed. Like, yeah, because this has also happened. Okay, timeline wise, this was was this after, like Kissin and Elo like have their moment. No, or, it's before. It's no, before. it's before. But you know what my no. my gripe was with that is like it was just a creative way for to reveal mm-hmm. his like their conversation between Elo and what's her face. But we have a POV of Elo like a chapter later. Yeah. Why couldn't we just reveal their conversation in the POV? Right. And right. I think for me, what p- particularly sucked about this is like we we get Kissin's POV when we're meeting Anne. And Elo is like, hey, can you give me some space? And there's like a line where specifically she's like, I decided to trust him. And she leaves. And then next chapter, no, you fucking didn't. Like, it totally would have been fine if Skeddy had done that on his own because he's a sneaky little conniver. And I didn't like him ever since he possessed Inara. So I could have been like, ooh, that's really annoying. But it kind of tracks for you, I guess. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. the fact that Kissin asked him to go, I'm like, Ew, you all suck. Like, hello? Yeah. You don't yeah. trust him. They're, just, they're not likable. Yeah. No. And also the payoff, too. Like, I I had figured this entire book that um, 
that Elo might like sacrifice himself. Yeah. Like I thought that that like that this was not some <laughs> wild possibility. Like the second that we find out that they need another heart or whatever they need, they someone's gonna have to get sacrificed. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, Elo's gonna. Yeah. It's gonna right. be Elo. Like I didn't even think that he's gonna go to Kissin. He's gonna mm-hmm. go to Inara. Like so this because that's you understand his character is this noble character who loves Aaron at all like mm-hmm. that's <laughs> what he's there for um and so yeah i was like this is not a big enough payoff to like yeah. have skeddy sneak in mm-hmm. and to find out what we already know you know or we already is, see what happen yeah this is a perfect example of the miscommunication trope and when it just absolutely does not work because mm-hmm. for everything they understand about Elo, there's no reason for them to jump to the conclusion that he's going to sacrifice one of them. Because especially, you could say, you could make the argument, Skeddy is manipulative and conniving. So that's the most natural train of thought for him. Okay. But he can see Elo's emotions at all times. And him and Inara both con- constantly point out that it's just loyalty and honor the whole time. Yep. And you don't have to be an honorable person to realize that sacrificing a random 12-year-old is not considered honorable. Like, you don't have to know Elo's backstory. Like, it just, it was a jump that was made exclusively, like you said, Kaylee, to, like, out Elo's secret purpose and create that conflict between him and Kissin. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't make any happen. sense because she also then assumes he's going to sacrifice them and it just i'm like what did the rest of the book where we were supposed to be building a relationship and building trust like just not matter like right we're not even gonna give him the chance to talk about what happened and it would be different if there was because i guess the only reason why she does that like has um sketty go in there is because she doesn't like that um elo wants to have this moment in private Mm -hmm. but like of course he would this is a it's kind of as if he's asking for this giant favor like this is probably you know a pretty personal moment um yeah. so i get that but she ha- he hasn't given them any other reason to doubt him so yeah right yeah i also yeah. feel like the location of all of this was really underwhelming like this is at a in some hot spring pools like they couldn't have gone to a cooler body of water you know like a river or something a waterfall give me a river bro <laughs> they're in robes like they're i don't know they're just they're just supposed to be there chillaxing and here they are talking to a god like yeah. i just bros <laughs> it didn't hit so unserious right now so just posted up and post up in his robes <laughs> please <laughs> Please in me so that I can save and my friend, me. my friend, yep. my special friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and it's like on that note too. Um, speaking of things that come out of nowhere, uh, Elo, Elo, and Kissin's entire like romance arc was so and you know, romance used kind of loosely, like they. Yeah hook up or whatever for lack of a better term at the mm-hmm. end of the book um but uh i just i i hated this i actively hated this because i well one i'm biased because again i was very pro aaron and elo romance i thought that that would have been a much more powerful and compelling reason for aaron, uh, for elo's quest i thought that it was clear there was some chemistry there um i thought that that would make a lot of sense um and you know i love a little like well, A, I wasn't really looking for romance in this book, but even then, I like a little sub subplot. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but there just wasn't any chemistry there. There wasn't any... I didn't believe that this was 
this was the dynamic was there. So yeah, no, very weird. Yeah, I felt the same way. I did see this coming because there were a lot of like really heavy handed. Like it was so poorly written that that's probably why it was easily missed because it was literally just like Elo says something, kissing blushed. And I was like, oh no, not this. Surely not this. And like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, them trying to have like this banter with each other that's like just not written well because the dialogue is really stiff and like there's no chemistry. There's no reason they really would like each other because like really all that Elo says about kissing is like, she's strong. And you're like, so true and kisses says about elo (laughs) she's like he's quiet and you're like yeah that's true and then they and then kissing confronts him about the reveal that skeddy did and she's like you're gonna sacrifice us you'll have to fight me to the death and then he's like i ain't gonna sacrifice you i'm gonna sacrifice myself and then she completely shifts and she's like no you can't sacrifice yourself we'll find another way i can't bear to lose you and right before they have intimacy she says i'll give him something to live for yeah and it's so cringe it's so cringe and i did not like it it gave me the ick it's so embarrassing and this was just a way, literally just a way for the author to say that this had this book had romance in it. That's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. Because people like romance. People like to read books with romance. So it's like, of course, she's going to throw in a little bit. But it, it doesn't have to be thrown in. Like, you can have a book with no romance. That's you totally fine. Right. I, I was completely content, like, even with my other qualms of the story. Like, I actually kind of was vibing with not having it. Like, I do enjoy it. But I was like, yeah, we're just on a quest. You know, this is what we're focusing on. Like yeah. we've, because yeah. in the beginning of the book, we have um, uh, kissing, like you know, clearly like flirting with this bartender. That one time is kind of mm-hmm. fun. Like I thought, like um, Aaron and Elo might have, like at least like there might be a spark there. So that could be what's guiding his quest. But even if it's just like these little like hints of like, okay, this is part of their lives, but um, you know, this isn't going to be like a main plot in the story. Cool. We'll just like have little hints of it. That was more mm-hmm. than enough. Like without having a romance, it just didn't. There wasn't any chemistry there, in my opinion, but... Yeah, and honestly, like, in the beginning, when Elo is, like, selling his little baked goods or whatever, there's Mm -hmm. a particular guy that comes to buy bread every day, and he, like, always invites Elo to breakfast the next day because his daughter wants to marry Elo, and Elo is, like, so not interested, like, not even considering it. Uh That is also what led me to believe, like, okay, Elo is a little gaby, and he's in love with Aaron, yeah. and, like, that's cute, and I love that for him. Like, that's very sweet. And then yeah. even kissing directly, like, in this moment, she's like, are you in love with Aaron? And he's like, how dare you even suggest that? Not yeah. everything is about sex, unless you want to make it sex. And then they <laughs> they do. And, and then, it's like, and what is happening? Yeah. And I like obviously, like you know, I totally be here for a bi king. It's just like I just yeah. didn't see that they had any. Or same with like kissing. I just didn't see that they had any chemistry. So it just no. felt very right. random for me. So yeah, it's tough, tough sell, tough, tough scene in general. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not here for this. No thank I was, you. I was, I was skimming low key. I was, I was like, beyond yeah, skimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, was I was like, like no a, way. I just read no the very way. unfortunate dialogue that happened. Yeah, the cringiest also, dialogue yeah, that is ever. Also, the one thing I'll add to that, too, is where the hell 
was Inara and all this? Like, did they just because they yeah. have this big show all the time of being like, we can't leave Inara behind, blah. I'm like, is because I think it also implies that um, Kissin then wakes up and that's when she sees that Elo's not there. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that like they were next to each other too, like throughout the night, like when they're sleeping and stuff. So I was also mm-hmm. like, where the hell? Where's the kid at? Did y'all well, just this is. Not- Maybe yeah. I'm missing something. So when Kissin realizes that Elo is going to sacrifice himself, she pull. She says that she pulls him like a couple rooms away or something because oh. this okay. conversation is not for kids. And then they just like don't return for the rest of the night. And you're telling me like Skeddy and Inara were just like, eh, they're fine, you know? It's like cool. they were about to kill each other, but you know He's how. Twelve, he can yeah. probably put two and two together, right? Right, surely, surely. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, random. Yeah, very random. Yikes! Yeah. Just icky. Icky. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, changing the subject to something a little better, I guess, is Aaron's betrayal. So Elo meets up with the goddess Haseth to bargain for Aaron's life, basically. And the goddess Haseth is like a wild god, so he has to go where all the wild gods live because they all live in one place. Um. <laughs> in the wild. And, yeah. In the wild. In the wild. <laughs> Next door As they do. to where they were. <laughs> And Elo makes this bargain that he's going to give up his life for Aaron's. And then Aaron appears out of nowhere to reveal yeah. that he betrayed Elo. And this was all his big ploy to get Elo to give up his life so that Aaron could essentially ascend to be a god himself, like using the power of two fire goddesses. So that's a lot. Um, he did this all for power, basically. Yeah. And this was one of the few parts of the book that I was actually kind of invested in as much as I could be for not liking the book. Um, I did yeah. think that I wanted a better reason for Aaron to betray Elo than just like he wanted power because, okay, but why? Like I wanted, I wanted more, more reasoning mm-hmm. there. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did like this twist it made me like wake up a little bit in the sea of all the rest of whatever the fuck was going on i was like oh okay like now we're cooking with peanut oil okay something's happening (laughs) we're going Um, and then it, it did i was a little disappointed because elo i don't know whether this is right or wrong but elo basically immediately concludes that hesta hestra whatever one of the fire goddesses and Haseth have basically influenced Aaron to make him act like this, the way that Skeddy did with Inara and Elo. Um, and for me, that takes away some of the fun um, because I did kind of just want it to be like, no, he actually did just play you. Like, you got played. Um, mm-hmm. And also when Skeddy did it, it felt more like, Skeddy was pushing them towards a conclusion that they kind of already had and maybe less so with Elo but like I don't know Skeddy's nudges felt more like I'm confirming what you think and that's the influence that I have whereas like if Aaron didn't really want power I don't know he shouldn't have been able to be influenced in this way where he like fully turns on his best friend like um, yeah but I was I was definitely interested in it and I did think him manifesting as twigs or whatever was kind of weird and then when the fight actually starts and Haseth is like 
hey, Aaron and Hestra, y'all get out of here. I'll handle this. And then he's like, all right. Yeah. And he like goes. <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> is happening right now? This is. And we talked about this earlier, but Maddie and I both pictured the gods as like holograms, which makes this all kind of funny because they're just like <laughs> these holographic like characters and yeah. they appear. Yeah. And- I don't know. I, just, I don't know. Kind of comical. It, it was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, I also didn't really. Um, I don't know the when when we're finally realizing this twist to an Aaron's like explaining everything. I don't know. It just felt very like. I did like the twist. I did like this twist a lot. I did not see this coming personally. Yeah. I was also very invested, yeah. comparatively speaking, to the rest of the book. Um, but. Uh, I don't know it felt a little like villain monologue to me of mm-hmm. just like again just I think this is just like a kind of common theme with this book of um just sometimes the way that we tell instead of show you know and I know that you're gonna have a bit of that when you're in a character's POV you're supposed to be in their mind like I get that but it I don't know it was yeah. a little cringy um and, but and too like so when Elo is talking to Hesseth he actively mm-hmm. makes the deal. I will give you my life for errands. And she's like, she even proclaims to who? I don't know. She says, an offering has been made. Thank you. And and so then <laughs> she, she, I guess, goes to like take it. But then Kesin is able to stop the offering of Elo's heart from being taken. So now he just has like a mark. And then Elo still is alive by the end of it. I just, I don't, there's no weight to the, to saying like the offering has been made, the deal is done. And then being like, we can actually pause the deal, have like a whole long fight with this goddess. And she, she can't, the, the making the deal should be the point of no return. Like Elo should be dead. Yes. I a hundred percent. I took it as he had to kill himself. That's how I took it. Like, he was supposed to make that offering to her by killing himself. The promise had been made. That's That was my interpretation. So he's basically, like, saying this is what he's going to do. Like, he... Right. And she is accepting that as a reason. Okay. 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 Fine. I can explain that. that. But then is it not... It wasn't fleshed out enough. Like, he has to do it? Like, it just seems kind of fucked that he can be like, JK, Lamal. It's a very... It's a very dramatic moment for her to like say this an offering has been made and then yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying Maddie because it's like even if that's how it works it's very dramatic to say this thing proclaim this yeah. thing and then well and then it's yeah. like Aaron was never actually in any danger because it seems like the the goddess that had his that gave him the heart was in on it the whole time and right. so Aaron was never in danger so I don't know really like the rules but it seems like the deal was made under false circumstances so can we get like a god lawyer out here to kind of review (laughs) the terms and see you know my client was not properly informed of the circumstances before he made the deal under duress hello a god united nations i'm saying yeah we need that elo needs elo needs better counsel i guess is what i'm saying i don't think he i don't think he did the best for himself um (laughs) agreed agreed and so then we launch into a whole fight with Hiseth where Kissin comes in and Ara comes in Skeddy's there too just kind of vibing and 
Kiss, uh, Heseth is the god that originally Kissin was meant to be sacrificed to. So this is very personal for her. Um, and she's like, I'm gonna get my revenge. And so she's like, she's fighting Heseth. And she tells Elo, like, Ao, I'm gonna sacrifice myself. Y'all go on. And Elo is like, awesome. Thanks for the romp last night. I'm gonna head out. <laughs> Which I thought was weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, all right. Weird. Like he doesn't care. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, he, there's a line in his POV where it's like, oh, I could see in her eyes that a decision had been made. And I was like, brother, your decision was made too. And she still came to save your ass. But okay. Men are going to men, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just like, well, whatever. It's fine. It's yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. And so they had out and Inara's like, oh, I feel sad about this. And he's like, pat, pat, let's head on. And then Kissin is fighting Seth and back and forth and then she ends up like grappling Hiseth and launching them off of the cliff into the water um because she knows that a, a citizen hates Hiseth because they've been battling blah 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 for decades and a citizen comes in and he like and like disintegrates Hiseth and then he offers to save Kissin's life and Kissin the god killer who previously told a citizen to fuck off and had decided that this was going to be her last thing. Her arc has been completed. She's gotten revenge for her family. You know, she's killed the the goddess that killed her family. Um, at this point, she says, you know what? I'm going to take the deal, brother. Save me. For Inara. For Inara. Yeah. For Inara. So <laughs> that's the yeah. that's that's the end. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a. I don't know. I liked that she dove off the cliff with Hiseth into the water. I I like that. That was cool. Uh I did like that. Yeah. Uh, I think she should have died. It's very like... (laughs) She should have died. Yeah. Just like every other character in every other book that we've read that should have died but didn't die. She should have died. It was a perfect place. Elo didn't care enough about her to save her. So that's fine. He could move on. Uh, Her arc was completed. He's taking care of Inara. It would have been a badass bitch moment for a citizen to be like, I'm ready to save you because he's water. This is why I'm doing this. I'm wheeling. I'm ready to <laughs> save you and her still be like, fuck you. And then pff, perish. Like that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Yeah. yeah. I think that would have really brought it full circle. Um, also, one final side note before. Uh, I know that this is basically the end, but I do think it's worth mentioning. Oh, no. Just as we oh, talked about, <laughs> as we talked about some of the randomness is like, remember, so uh, when we think Inara and Elo think that Kissin is dead, they're like, yeah, she's there. She couldn't have survived that surely. Right. Yeah. And they, um, when they're escaping, they run, they run back into not only that um, <laughs> yeah. night, that, you know what I'm going to say, the night that like worked with Elo, but also that like couple that they were on the pilgrimage with and yeah. they like help yeah. them escape and like provide them resources to escape and it's just like what did we we did not need it's, either to come back in the picture like it's honestly that was their purpose that they served their purpose it's so funny abby because like they're like we need horses and then they see three horses with no one around and they're like perfect we've got horses and then the couple comes up with another horse and they're like this horse can hold two people and they're like Great. And then they take that horse and another horse. (laughs) 
I did not even notice that. I did not. <laughs> like, I just don't. Were we, I feel like she should have, she was supposed to delete the line about finding the three horses because, like. I think so, probably. Yeah, because. I. It, I, yeah. And, they and then even... doesn't, doesn't Eglo say something to the knight where he's like, I kill people. Good thing I kill people or something like that. Doesn't he say something like that? He does say that at some point. I can't remember if it's to Benjamin, but he's like, it's something to the Maybe it's internal. Because Kissin always says, like, I don't kill people, blah, blah, blah. Right. And Elo is, like, essentially unlucky for you. Like, I kill people. Right. I'm pretty sure it's. So I don't know. Right. And then he doesn't kill Benjamin. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does say it in that moment. But he doesn't. He doesn't kill Benjamin. And then he's like, he says to the couple, he's like, yeah, you guys should go help that dude over there. And it's like, that's another random part. It's like, we don't care about him. We don't need it to know what happens to him. Like, but Elo is so honorable, Kaylee. He can't. He can't leave a man down. Even when they knock him out the first time. They're like, oh, he'll be discovered, like, really soon. So it's, like, not really even dangerous for him to be, like, knocked out here. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. As far as kissing in the Haseth fight, I will say um, this felt like, to me, the book was I – sh- no, let me rephrase. This part of the book was worth reading. This was the only part, okay? It was, like, the last – 12% of the book was the only part that was worth reading because we have the twist and then the kiss and fight and blah, blah, blah. It was finally interesting. Um, but through the whole book, I was kind of waiting for Kissin to reveal some kind of powers or special something from being like the child of a god because that's kind of the premise that we're given. And like she had sharp teeth, allegedly. So like I was kind of waiting, and then, and then, because, wait, listen to this, she had the sharp teeth, but then she has gold teeth, and I was like, oh, maybe she got them all pulled, and she got, like, a grill or something, so that she, because she's rejecting all of her godness, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, there was none of that. Oh. She just straight up was like, I'm gonna sword Haseth to death, um, and so I was a little, like, damn, I wish she would have had some cool, cool, like, Katara. I don't power this show, yeah. Anything, I don't know um yeah, yeah like I a big know. reveal yeah it would have been fun <sighs> and yet <laughs> and yet and yet here we are um so as if this episode wasn't spicy enough the whole time <laughs> um let's move on to what everyone comes to the pod for we've got our hot takes and our pour overs i'll start so <clears throat> my for my pour over um honestly i i I don't think this book will really re ever ever re-enter my mind again after we end this episode. Um, I I have not a lot of well, I have a lot of feelings about it, but they're not positive. But the premise of the gods, I'm really into. I really like the concept of all the all the bunch of gods. I think the general like um, setup was really good, like having the old wild gods and then these like new newfangled you know mm-hmm. gods that come in and they help the people because we're kind of moving away from like wild gods being needed and now they just need like you know merchant gods and stuff and the wild gods being like a little grumpy about it I think that makes a lot of sense and like was interesting we just didn't get a lot of it so that will probably remain in my head as something that's cool um 
and then I'll consider thinking about occasionally. Um, <clears throat> and then for my hot take, Kissin is a funny character written by an unfunny author. Okay. Kissin is supposed to be snarky and like a bad bitch and like takes no shit and Mm -hmm. she can't (laughs) and it's not her fault the author does not have this in her to imagine a character that can do this and like actually pull it off the the jokes that kissin makes are so embarrassing and cringy y'all when i tell you in the beginning of this book like the first 20 pages we learn that kissin's horse horse's name is legs and that she what? named it Legs because she thought it was funny that the horse had more legs than she did. Okay. Which, like, a horse, if you think has six her... legs. That's you know? Points were made. I hope that's true. <laughs> points were made. I just, there's just so many points cringy moments. There's, like, um,. At the end of, like, one of the chapters, which is, like, the first time that I realized that we were going to have, like, a forced kissin' Elo romance, uh, kissin' has put together that Elo, you know, is a knight, and she says, like, uh, she says, like, oh, I hope we don't run into any knights, because they're always trouble. And then the chapter (laughs) ends, and it's like, oh my god, this is like fan fiction that I wrote when I was in like sixth grade, and I thought I ate the end of that chapter, you know. And and so yeah, yeah, definitely kiss kiss Yeah, yeah. Again, and I know that um, this came up with like with Gideon the Ninth. I think a lot of people really love it, but there I have seen some some people I think have different feelings on like Gideon's kind of like again this like sassy character and whether or not her humor really hits for me that character does but not as much with kissin but yeah yeah Yeah. it's tough it's tough i agree it's a hot take i agree yep um okay so my pour over um well i'm still pouring over the god of broken sandals i loved him give me a book (laughs) give me a book about that i want to hear a a short story i want to hear more about the god of broken sandals because who doesn't hate when your sandals break like that's happened to me yeah universal experience yeah i'm sorry kidding but once i finish this book it left my brain and i i will not be thinking of it ever again but actually Haley, i would be so down for a collection of like little short stories about all these like little hyper specific gods that just get created (laughs) when people have these issues like it would be so cute it would be it really would be good idea yeah um my hot take I think we've kind of talked about this but the characters had so much potential to be interesting and yet not a single one of them was so yeah we didn't get an ounce of personality from anyone that's my hot take I wish I could argue with you but you're simply correct (laughs) This is the only episode yeah. we've ever agreed on, Maddie. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Oh my god, Cute. we're together. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh Lord. Um, so okay. My pour over. Um kind of reiterating what you had said, Maddie. Um, I, I do like the general concept of this book, particularly the gods, uh, the relationship between the gods, their shrines, their loyal followers, you know, what brings about a god, like 
it's it is sad that so much of it didn't hit for us because there's so it's such a cool concept i i did i really did like that so i still i think about that a little bit because it's really cool it's a it's a cool little world um but yeah so there's that and then i guess um for my hot take um not super hot take because we're all on the same page but uh get rid of the multiple povs um there's too much telling instead of showing i think in this book and i think a lot of that is we don't get to really develop the relationships and trust and things like that between these different characters because there's too much heavy reliance on the individual povs and just explaining away their inner thoughts and feelings i guess so um i i wish it'd be kept through even just like going through kissin's pov um and showing us the other character's stories and growth through her perspective as a god killer um would be would be cool um an unlikely pairing you know that kind of thing and i wish that's how it had been done so whose pov yeah. did you find the totally most boring agree. Probably Skeddy's. Really? I did kind of like Skeddy's because I liked seeing him descend into god madness. It was at least a little interesting to see him justify influencing people. I think Inara's was so boring because the I know she's 12. She just kept whining about her family and I was like, I don't care. Yeah, I like her character. Like, yeah. I like that idea of a character, but I didn't really care to have her POV. Yeah. You know? I don't like her idea of a character because, like, I, I, I kind of touched on this before we started recording, but I think all the characters were written the exact same. And mm-hmm. so for her to be 12 and to be written the same as a 26-year-old, I, I wasn't into it. I didn't like it. Yeah. I really don't like kids being included as main characters because – they're either written so mature that they don't act like kids, so what's the point? Or if they're actually written like kids, they just end up being kind of, like, annoying and, like, a hindrance to plot progression. Mm-hmm. Unless, like, the whole story is, like, kids. Like, if you're talking about, like, a teen novel or, or like, a preteen novel right. or something like that. But, like, in this context, yeah. she's traveling with, like, two near 30-year-olds. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It is yeah. kind of weird. At least make her 16. I don't know, man. That's what I, yeah. yeah, an older teenager, I could see it a lot yeah. better, I think. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, all right. So before we go, let's all go over our ratings and our favorite parts of the book. So I'll go first. I originally rated this 2.8 out of 5, but I'm after this talk, I'm, I'm dropping it to a 2. I just, I, I wanted so badly to love this book, but I was bored. I didn't care about the characters like I mentioned earlier. I liked the prologue and then the ending was okay, but I didn't like the entire middle of the book. And I think I hated it actually. And the only reason <laughs> it's not a 1 is because I didn't DNF it mostly for the pod. I think I might have DNF'd it otherwise. Um, but a one for me is a DNF, so. And then my favorite part was the prologue. Yeah. 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 I, I have similar feelings as you, Kaylee. Originally, I gave it a three because I did like the ending the most. And this always happens to me. I give it like a one star curve immediately after finishing the book. And then <laughs> if I think about it like two weeks later, I'm like, eh, it probably was like more like a two. So my real rating is a two of five. Um, I actively disliked this book um i had beef with many lines my kindle notes are lit up with hater energy um (laughs) and respectfully and um i would have absolutely dnf'd it if not for the pod 
multiple POVs is like my pet peeve. So the instant I texted the group chat, actually, the instant I turned the page after Elo's first POV and I saw that we were getting a POV of the fucking rat god, I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Let Not me the rat out. God. The, Not rat the rat god. For real? Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a two for me, I guess. Oh I, I would say I get why people like it, but I don't with the utmost love, light, and respect. But good for you if you like it. Um, <laughs> my <I'm> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. God is just throwing me anyway. He was man with antlers, um, <laughs> with antlers, different, quirky. Um, my favorite part. <laughs> <clears throat> was when they were walking through Blen Raiden or whatever, and we were like getting these little moments with all these like little puny ass gods, and they were like, "Hello, do you have sandals? Hello, would you like safe refuge?" That was really fun. I really wish we had leaned more into that aspect of it, of like these desperate little hungry little gods, and some of them are like nicer than others, and you know trying to trying to get at you and like the little danger of like ooh, what's this god kind of a thing that was really fun that was that was the most fun i had the whole book so thank you for those four pages hannah <laughs> they were cute my poor ever is going to be you saying the rat god <laughs> i don't think i'll ever forget that oh my god okay anyway um so uh, my rating, um, I actually, I think I'm going to maintain a three out of five on this one. Um, I still... You're the nicest yeah. of all of us, as always. <laughs> yeah, <I'm being laughs> cool. um, I, I think I still, I did like the world a lot. I, yeah, I'm not sure if I would have finished it out of just kind of being bored. I wouldn't have like rage quit, um, but I probably would have just been like, all right, I'm going to move on to something else. Um, I, I like, there was parts of it I liked. Um, I, but yeah, I couldn't give it above a three, I don't think, um, which is disappointing. I was very excited for this just to let it be known. Um, but yeah, I'll save three out of five. And then my favorite part, um, I did really like when Skeddy took over like Inara and was like in control of Inara and the conflict going in between them and like trying to unblock herself to talk to him and then her eventually being like, fuck you, I'm taking my power back. Like that whole that whole interaction was uh, intriguing to me. So, uh, yeah. Skeddy, okay. hashtag Skeddy for villain 2024. <laughs> Rat God villain. Rat God villain. Let's go. <laughs> new, new fave villain drops. Just kidding. He just, he's not complicated enough for that. But yeah. No, maybe one day. Maybe on book six. We'll see. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> we will not see. We will not. We won't. Be yeah, that's true. Y'all can see. We will not be seeing. <laughs> I cannot. I pretend I do not see it. Okay. Uh, if everyone has said their piece about this lovely. Um, cinematic masterpiece that is all the tea that we have on god killer um please watch out for next week's episode we will be ranking our favorite book boys and pitting them against each other and telling each other why we love who we love will zayden make the cut who can say you'll have to tune in to find out um you can also stay up to date with the latest tea on instagram tiktok or youtube by following us at at spill the novel tea on all of the things um, and while you're there, please let us know. Did you like this book? Are we crazy? What is your hot take? Are you with us? Are you against us? We would like to know. Please. Thank you so much. Okay, we will see you next week. Bye.